Hi, welcome back to the As You Are podcast. Today it's week five of our study on the book of James, and we're getting into the good stuff. We are wrapping up chapter three and covering all of chapter four today. We're talking about wisdom, specifically the difference between wisdom from the word and wisdom from the world. So settle in. Hey, y'all, welcome back. It's week five. I cannot believe it of our study on the book of James. One more week. Yeah, one more week. I mean, this is really crammed and condensed. So I will say, like, if you want to take longer to go through it, or you have taken longer to go through it, that's really great, too. Yeah, Um, totally. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather today, so you might notice that I am talking a little weird, but I'm on the up and up. I have medicine, so we are trending in a positive direction. Nice. Um... Anna, would you like to pray for us before we get started? I'd love to. Um, Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the chance to dive into scripture once again together. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would silence our hearts and our minds for these next 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, Lord, would you help us to learn about you and learn what it looks like to walk with you daily? We just say we love you and we trust you, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I will say, before we read the next section, that I had so many opportunities to tame my tongue and and be wise and be slow to speak over the past week. I am saying. (laughs) (laughs) The opportunities abound. They really do. Okay, so we are going to pick up. In James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. So this is the very end of chapter 3, and then we're going to do all of chapter 4 today. So let's see. I'll read it, um, and then, Anna, you can tell us a little bit about it. Great. Okay. Um, Verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We're going to pause there and talk about that first. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So in looking at this little section, one in the version I'm looking at right now, which is an NIV the title of it is called Two Kinds of Wisdom. Emily, is that what yours says in the ESV? Mine says wisdom from above. Okay. Um, so for the NIV, I like that it kind of highlights the two kinds of wisdom because I've yeah. never thought about that before. <laughs> I've never thought that there could True. be two kinds of wisdom. Like normally I would just say wisdom is wisdom. Um and so, but, and we're going to get into that in just a second, but before we do, let's just like take a second and what are we looking at here? Like, what are we reading? So James starts by asking a question, which is, um, I think something he does kind of often is he's trying to get his readers to think, to like yeah. think about, okay, who is wise and understanding among you? 
Um, and so I think that's a good question, even just for us to ask yeah. ourselves, you know, like who in our sphere of life would we consider wise and what makes them wise? Um, I don't know for you, Emily, but for me, somebody that I would consider really wise is my dad. Um, he is obviously older than me. He has more life experience than me. He's a pastor in Charlottesville. Um, but I also just like, I consider him to be very wise. I think, uh, he's not one to just throw advice around and that for me at least is something that I would consider wise like he's not always trying to just like tell me what to do or tell me how to live my life but when I'm seeking advice I know that he is somebody I could turn to um and I trust what he would say does that make sense yeah that's amazing that you have that I also think that one way of looking at this question too is most of the questions that James is asking in one way or another, he's asking it about yourself too. Like Mm -hmm. I definitely think he wants us to think who else we consider to be wise, but also look at yourself and say, am I wise Hmm. and understanding? Like my first thought as soon as you said that was like, man, I, I like to think that maybe I, I make some wise choices, but ultimately I know myself and I know that I'm not wise. Yeah. And that I really need God. And so he's like basically telling us how to cling on to God's wisdom, like the wisdom from above rather than our own wisdom, you know? Right. And that's something. So I feel like every year for me, a goal is, oh, I want to grow in wisdom this year. Like that's if we're going back to New Year's resolutions or whatever, I often write (laughs) that down. And more often than not, it's like, okay, well, how do I do that? And there have been times in the past, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read a proverb a day because that's the book of wisdom or like, I'm going to do this or X, Y, or Z thing. Um, But what I love about what James is writing in here is one, he highlights there's two kinds of wisdom. So uh, in the study that Emily and I are doing on our own, the author explains it as there's wisdom of the world and then there's wisdom of the word and they're different. Um, and I, that to me was really helpful in thinking like, okay, yeah, they're definitely like the wisdom of the word, AKA God's word, the Bible might sometimes look different than wisdom of the world. And it often does. It doesn't always like both the Bible and wisdom of the world will tell you to budget to save money, like to be wise with your money. Everybody's going to tell you to do that. But what the world won't tell you to do is to give money away, you know? Right. Um, Right. And that's something that like the word, the word of God tells us to do that. That was like very interesting to think about the two different, like wisdom of the word and wisdom of the world and how they are different from each other. Um, Do you have any other examples of like a worldly wisdom? I think that a worldly wisdom that makes sense if you're living by the standards of our culture is like put yourself first, Mm -hmm. you know, get what you need. And that totally makes sense if that's all you're living by. Like if your, your only value in life is getting as far as you can, then it makes sense to put yourself first. It makes sense to like wring out every bit of good 
and benefit and stuff that you can get out of this world. But then Jesus says, actually, your purpose here should be to serve others. Make yourself a servant Mm -hmm. and like don't store up treasures on this earth like stuff will not fulfill you and we talk about that a little bit later when we get to chapter five you'll see how serious he is about that but like i think it's really cool that this section is calling it worldly wisdom because there will be people who live by the wisdom of the world and they will appeal to your common sense like yeah there will be a part of you that feels like that does make sense. I do need to put myself first or I do need to like, I mean, in just a minute, we'll talk about making plans and thinking about the future. And God, I don't think wants us to like never, ever think of ourselves. And I don't think he wants us to never, ever make a plan or, you know, whatever. It's, it's not an all or nothing thing, but he does want us to center our lives on him and come to him first for everything. So I think that's what the difference is, is that we literally, like when we're taming our tongue, like we talked about last week, we're just taking every thought captive and taking it to him first and just like letting him guide us in how we live our life. Yeah. And maybe as you're listening to this, like you can come up with some of your own examples of like, okay, what is worldly wisdom that maybe I'm living by that's not rooted in Christ? And like, honestly, I think that's an amazing prayer for us to pray is like, Lord, would you show me what I consider considered to be wise that is not actually wise? Like that doesn't align with your word. And would you help me uproot that in my life? Um, The word wisdom, it's kind of like, what is it? You know, (laughs) it's what is wisdom? It's not knowledge. Right. Um, And it's not necessarily like morality. No, it's not. It's Tim Keller says that wisdom is the ability to see and build a relationship between two things. So before you're like, wait, what? Because that doesn't make a ton of sense, but it's, it's knowing how things relate. Wisdom is, is knowledge related to the world. So it's taking like the not our knowledge of the Bible, our knowledge of Jesus's teaching, and then like putting it into practice Ooh, I love that. And what I think is really eye-opening about that is like somebody can have a lot of knowledge of the Bible. They can, maybe they've gone to seminary, they've studied the scriptures, but if they're not applying the word to their life, then they're not wise. They're just knowledgeable. Right. Um. And he gave the example, which I also kind of love this because it ties into what we talked about, I think it was last week. He gave an example of a musician and how a musician, like we can know notes on a page. Somebody could read music. Somebody could even know like what the different notes on a piano are, but it takes somebody who understands the relationship between those notes and how to apply them to really make beautiful music. Um, isn't that, that like helpful? That's so helpful. It ties all this in so well because that's exactly what James is saying in this entire letter. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you can have you can know that God is real and you can believe in him. But if you really want to know him and walk with him, you have to apply it to your heart and to your life. Yeah. I like that especially in verse 14, it's just very clear kind Mm -hmm. of the difference between wisdom 
of the word and wisdom of the world, it says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above. It's earthly and unspiritual and demonic. So like the two things, bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. So like when I think of bitter jealousy, the imagery that I have in my head is like comparison that leads to Mm-hmm. like negative thoughts about myself and other people. Yeah. We're definitely called to love and cherish God's people, you know? And so like, yeah, when we're comparing ourselves and it's rooted in jealousy or bitterness of what we don't have, it can lead to basically being unwise. And, um, yeah, then the, the selfish ambition part is like if the root of what you're doing is to get yourself ahead, ultimately mm-hmm. you're not submitted to God's will, you know? Yeah, if you're trying to like get ahead, put yourself first, that's selfish ambition. <laughs> and yeah. that's wisdom of the world and right. not wisdom of the word. Yeah, that's um, what the world says. Like you have to do that. And that's yeah, the like, thing. Put, put yourself first, take care of number one. That's what the world is telling us. And Jesus is like, no, literally the opposite. Yep. Kind of going back to one of the first things we were talking about with like, oh, if my goal this year is to get wisdom, how do we get it? Uh, Tim Keller says wisdom is a relationship. It's knowledge applied. It's knowing the relationship between two things. And he, at the end of that sermon also said, wisdom comes from a relationship with Jesus. Like, in a relationship with Jesus and seeking him and like knowing his word and applying that to our lives, that's where wisdom comes from. Wisdom of the word can only come from God. Like there's yeah. nothing that we can do to be like, oh, I'm going to become wise. Like I'm just going to wish it. I'm going to will it. Like, no, it's a gift given to us from God. And we get to, um, yeah, we get to walk in that, which I think is really it's, that's helpful for me because I think it can feel stressful, at least as somebody who loves checklists and to-do yeah. lists, like thinking about how do I, okay, well, like, how do I go about getting wisdom? Like, yeah. what do I do? What X, Y, or Z things need to align? And James is saying like, no, no, no. Like you get wisdom by being with Jesus and by seeking him. And in James one, it says, ask God for wisdom who gives generously and it will be given to you. And I love in verse 17, it also, he gives like some indicators of... Yeah, what wisdom is. Yeah, what wisdom is. It says, y'all should earmark this, like write it down, put it on a stick, you know, like put it in your bathroom or in your car or whatever, because this is so good. Um, The wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I feel like if I have those listed out... And I'm running my thoughts through that standard. I mean, like, you have to ask God for that because we, none of our wisdom is like all of those things. Right. It's this process of surrendering our own feelings and thoughts and our own reasoning of what we think is wise and just giving it to God and asking him to fill in the blanks for us. Totally. One thing I want to say before we move on to chapter four is I know that this book is broken into verses and chapters, but really it's just one letter. So sometimes where it like splits into a new chapter, 
it's still the previous thought or it's still related to the previous thought. And so all of this that we're talking about with wisdom has to do with the things that we've been talking about before this, which is like how we treat other people um, and not showing favoritism based on what we can get out of a relationship and Mm -hmm. doing good works that are stemming from that are the fruit, if you will, of our relationship with God and knowing him and then taming the tongue. Like all of this is the wisdom that we're like applying and asking God for. All these sections continue to relate. But chapter four is a little bit harsh. So are you ready to hear it? Yeah, it is harsh. (laughs) Do you want me to read it? (laughs) Yeah, read it, Anna. It's going to sound so crazy, like coming out of your nice voice. Um, Okay, so this is James chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures." You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity with God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That's why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. All right. Um, Lighthearted. <laughs> you know what? It is It is so much more applicable than we think. Um, yeah. I think that he uses these harsh words, um, I'm going to say in love. Like, totally. <laughs> because he is trying to wake them up. I feel like some of this conversation is him being like, you know, we we have so much hope in Jesus, but, but some of you guys aren't actually walking in that hope and I need to like wake you up. So one of the things that this chapter is, is a continuation of 
the wisdom bit because we were just saying how important it is to discern between worldly wisdom and word wisdom. And so he is actually going into a whole section here explaining the difference. So Hmm. essentially he's saying you're not getting what you pray for or you're not getting these desires because you're praying for the wrong things. Like you're asking for things. Yeah, with wrong motives too. Right. You're aligned like with the wrong thing. And so part Mm -hmm. of what our job is as Christians is to like pray the prayer of like, God, align my heart with you and with what you care about. We don't ever know if a prayer will be answered in our timing, but James is specifically confronting people about praying for favor in areas that like God doesn't care about. Right. Like when he talks about, we can talk about this quickly because I think that it's, it's not like the biggest point here, but when he talks about the people who say today or tomorrow will go into such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. And he's saying that's unwise because if we look at it through the lens of does bitter jealousy or selfish ambition exist there? And if the ambition is we're going to make a profit, we're not asking for wisdom about what God wants or what he cares about, and we're not planning for today and how to align with God, then it's it's almost like foolish planning because you have no clue even if you have another day guaranteed is part of right. the perspective here. It's like God's calling us to live in the present for a reason. Like there's things that he's doing right here, right now that are so important and he wants us to slow down and pay attention to. And it's, it's so human nature to try to pave the way for our future. I think this really applies to any seniors who are feeling the pressure to like really have Mm -hmm. the plan locked in. This is a reminder that God loves and cares for you so deeply. And his biggest goal is just to be close to your heart, like for to have your heart submitted to his plans because his plans are the only ones that are going to work out anyway. And so trusting him in the day by day is so faith building. And my Bible says that this section is called the warning against worldliness. And I think the reason why James warns against worldly wisdom is because it's leading the people that God loves down a path that is not fulfilling and that's like farther away from him, you know? And it's like, it's easy to start walking down that path and not even really realize it. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, how did I get here? And so he's almost trying to be like, okay, before you go too far down that path, like stop (laughs) and almost like check your heart, you know, like what, what are your motives for doing this? What's your motive for like praying for something? And I would say too, like, even in reading that the Bible is really complex and there's so many layers and things that are, are hard to understand. And I think it's really important to know, like if you're somebody who's like, maybe you have a family member who's sick or there's some type of really hard trial that you're walking through and you're asking for that to be over, you're asking for them to be healed. Like, I don't think James is saying here, you're asking with wrong motives. I think that particular verse is being applied to if you're praying like, Lord, give me more money. I like, I don't, or like. No, I think so too, because he's heading into a section about 
like trying to secure your future financially in a way where you like live right. in luxury so that you don't have to worry. And yes. I think James is saying, first of all, you don't know what you do or don't have to worry about anyway. Second of all, right. look to God because these things are, it's a, a different thing I'm asking you to care about. So yeah, I agree. I right. think that praying for healing is very biblical. Yeah. I don't think he's saying like, oh, your, your loved one is not being healed because your motive is wrong. Yeah. If I was listening to this, I think it would be easy to believe that. And so for sure, just know like that it is, it is good to seek God in all things and to trust that like he's sorting through the motives of our heart. Um, but that, yeah, I don't know. I just I, wanted to say that because I don't want anybody to hear it and it, to turn them off from this scripture altogether. No, I totally agree. And I think that's a, a really important distinction too, because essentially what he's saying is I want you to monitor your heart. If, mm-hmm. if you've been praying and feeling like you haven't had your prayers answered or whatever, if you feel like your faith is stagnant for some reason or God, you're not hearing from God, maybe try. I mean, he actually gives some specific advice, but one of the things he's saying is consider that you are approaching it through the wrong lens. And like you've in, in these terms, he would be saying like made friends with the world in a way. And you're like using God to satisfy your earthly desires rather than partnering with God to become more like him. Yeah. The most helpful part of this verse and the part that I really want to leave us with is God does not forsake us when we doubt or when we mm. are not doing these things correctly. That's one thing about his character that we see through all of scripture It's illustrated through his relationship with his people, how they're constantly doing things that are forsaking him. And he is constantly pursuing them with his love and his grace and his provision. And so I think that the really encouraging thing is that God has this unconditional love for us. But when we do realize that we're kind of misaligned, if we have that moment where we're like, okay, I actually think that some of my motives have been wrong here and I want to make them right. He gives us sort of the path back to God. And here it is. Mm. Um, So one thing we know, this is chapter four, verse six, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it Mm. says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So step one, is humbling ourselves. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Step two is resist the devil and he will flee from you. So that kind of goes back to a few weeks ago, we were talking about what it looks like to fight against temptation. Um, And then it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Then it says, cleanse your hands and purify your hearts. One thing that I read in our... Bible study that I thought was really interesting is that when he says cleanse your hands um, and purify your hearts, when those two cleanse and purify are in the same sentence, that it's kind of alluding to the type of 
purification rites that they would have to go through when they were cleansing themselves before God. And so that was something they would do every time they had become unclean. And so I think there is a connotation here that says this has to happen often. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like it's not going to happen just the one time. Like you're going to have to keep – it's a posture that we're taking where when our hearts drift, we just bring ourselves back to God. Mm -hmm. That's so true. It definitely is a a process and it's not a one-time check the box moment. It's it's daily, honestly, daily cleansing our hearts and daily – Drawing near to him. Yeah. So I feel like there's a really clear little, for anyone who does like kind of step by step, there is some good advice here for like how to return to God. If you feel like, oh man, my heart has had some allegiances (laughs) to the world or to like these other things that are not of God and I want to figure out how to make it right. It's like step one as always when it comes to the kingdom of God, is, like, humble yourself. Like, God, he, it says he opposes the proud, but I think the point is, like, he just loves a humble heart. And when we come to him saying, I don't know what to do, and I, I don't have all the answers, and I just want to hear from you, then he has so much mercy on us. So even though this section is definitely aggressive. (laughs) I think there's some really cool things to pull out of it for ourselves. So one thing that I would love to challenge y'all to talk about in your Bible studies is, are there areas in your own life, like think about college life, think about sorority life, think about family life. Like, are there areas where you have like started to align a little bit more with the worldly wisdom rather than the word wisdom? And are there some steps to like bringing your heart back to God. So I I think it'd be really interesting to hear everyone's thoughts on that. And again, like this is a safe space and like, we're all like this. (laughs) So it's such a good practice to keep coming back to God. Drawing near to him. And I love that. I hope that if nothing else, you guys hear this promise from scripture today, come near to God and he will come near to you. I just love it. I don't know. I think that's, a really great takeaway for today. I love it so much. We think you're really awesome for sticking with us in this series and studying the Bible together. I think this is really powerful and I love thinking about what God is doing in you and doing in your communities as you draw near to Him. We will see you next week for the last week of the book of James. See ya. See ya.